Welcome to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. This is a podcast about seeking first the kingdom of God where we work, live, and play. The content of each podcast will correspond to the current sermon series at Ontario Christian Church, current events that rise up, and also to the church calendar. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We'll be covering episode 12 today and what it looks like to live generously. Uh, We had a brief hiatus uh, due to allowing you guys to catch back up with our episodes and also the storm that shook Mm. the region in which we live. Yeah. Yeah. So just now getting back to normal. We're back. Yeah. Yeah, We're back. Definitely. Yeah, I'm excited about this uh, specific episode. Um, We wanted to take this opportunity, especially with Ontario Christian Church, to kind of give some background as to why we do the buy to give one um, and what the real meaning behind that is. We've we've said over and over again that it's not a program, it's a way of life. It's allowing God to redeem our resources for His glory and others' good. And it's something we haven't really delved too deep into over the last year or two, actually. It's something that uh, God had exposed me to. Uh, a few years back, about, I don't know, three or four years ago, and um, really changed the way I view some things. And so I just want to give a, just a really quick shout out to Pastor Fred Ligon, uh, who was the influencer in my life in regards to the Buy to Give One and the whole concept of kind of God redeeming your shopping and your resources, your finances specifically. Uh, there was a time when Christina and I, that would be my wife and I, were on vacation down in Williamsburg, Virginia, and God just laid on my heart, you know what, you need to go to a gathering, a church gathering while you're on vacation. I'll be honest with you in that moment. I'm like, seriously, Lord, I'd really like to just stay home and relax, you know, and spend time with you alone. Uh, But I felt this conviction and Christina and I agreed to do it. Uh, We've just kind of prayed about it. I felt like the Lord say you need to go here. So we went to um, Williamsburg Christian Church during that vacation time and um, met Pastor Fred and was just really impacted by their gathering, their people and their people's mindset. They have a really neat outlook. Uh, biblical outlook on helping their neighbor and uh, giving everything for their neighbor and uh, especially the homeless. And so uh, after spending some time with Fred that day, just felt like, you know what, we need to come back and learn more. So we actually went down uh, in the fall and spent a week with him uh, talking and praying and and learning from him. And uh, one of the things that we felt like we could bring back here uh, to OCC and in our own lives specifically first uh, was the buy to give one. And um, it's just a really simple principle, not a program, but a principle basically saying that as you're shopping, uh, allow God to redeem your shopping trip. Uh, the resources that he's given you. So buy an extra item of something of the same quality of everything and and share it with a a homeless person or someone in need or someone in our body even that may be going through a rough time. Um, And so we collect that every week um, and just distribute it uh, to Harmony House and a few other locations that need uh, help in certain ways. And so uh, it's been a, a good thing and we've grown a lot, I believe, in our view of our resources, specifically shopping. Like usually you go shopping, you're kind of like, you got to get her done. And now it's even more difficult because you're doing it online, picking it up, they drop it in your vehicle and you go home. Um, but it's it's a matter of God redeeming that time and that resource. And so the encouragement was to, if you go buy um, a shampoo, buy a second bottle and this exact same quality and quantity, uh, buy two of those, give one uh, away to someone in need. And um, so that principle has been really easy, I think, over the last few years uh, because resources weren't as tight and then inflation has hit. 
And my wife and I were talking, you know, it's like it's a little more of a stretch now. You, know, like you buy a nice Simmons pillow. Do you want to buy a second one to give it away or do you buy the Equate brand? And, and it's like it's a matter of character of God kind of testing your character uh, in that moment. And one thing that we have stuck to is the conviction of if I'm to love my neighbor just as I love myself, then they should get the exact same thing that I'm buying, not the dollar tree version of it. Uh, nothing wrong with Dollar Tree, but not the Dollar Tree version of it, but the exact same quality is what we enjoy as well. And as things get tight, um, that's been one of those things that's been tested in our hearts and our minds. And so we kind of wanted to talk about as inflation continues to rise um, and things get tight for us, um, there's some tests I think that are happening within our hearts to say, is this a program or is this a way of life? Like we do we really have the conviction that God has gifted to us our resources uh, for his glory and others good and that his desire is not that we just uh, make this a program that we're like oh things are a little tight let's not do it for a while it isn't really an option uh, at least for us we feel like uh, the lord has made it clear that through his word and through others voices that it isn't optional like you've got to continue to give to your neighbor and that's how we build one another's lives up so that's kind of the backstory to buy to give one and also the conviction of why we do what we do here and i just wanted to again shout out to pastor fred Huge influence in my life in regards to this loving your neighbor well. So what are some scriptures, I guess, we want to kick off? You know, we want to stay in the word. Uh, so what are some scriptures that come to mind, Jordan, as we think about the concept of loving neighbor, especially with resources and finances? Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, just to brag on you for a second, uh, the whole idea um, in general, obviously, you know, inspired by Pastor Fred, uh, has been um, helpful for me to think through the fact that it's— um, you say often redeeming your time and resources, right? Like we're not adding something in. That's right. It's becoming part of how we already live our lives. Yes. Um, who we are, who exactly, yep. exactly. And we, uh, who we are and who we become yes. is directly tied to what we do. Yep. And so it's out when you're already at the store or you mentioned getting grocery pickup, it's adding that in, um, as a way of life. Um, and just to kind of frame it as a spiritual discipline, even, um, and if we're going to look, jump into Matthew 6 here, this is right in the middle of uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And interestingly enough, the only three spiritual disciplines uh, taught here are giving to the needy, prayer, and fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus starts uh, here in chapter 6 with giving to the needy. And he says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So uh, just a kind of a backdrop to how we do this. Like what, you know, you mentioned character um, and uh, how we are going about exactly what we are doing. And he's saying don't don't practice your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Mm. And then he goes on to say, thus, when you give to the needy. When. When, (laughs) not if. It's kind of like... James, when you encounter trials of various kinds or just those other places in Scripture that uh, maybe we want Jesus or the other writers uh, to say if, Mm -hmm. but they don't. He says, when you give to the needy. So uh, giving to the needy is is an essential practice of a follower of Christ. Um, He says, when you do it, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. They have received their reward. But again, when you give to the needy, mm. do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, 
so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And I just, the idea that the father sees in secret, see the father sees in our hearts what other people can't see. Like I could be uh, doing all the right things. I could be uh, living out by to give one. I could be doing these things. And from the outside, it looks great. But the heart, Jesus is trying to get our heart in the right place. And he's saying the father sees in secret uh, the things that we do for God that nobody sees, um, the things that we do to help the needy or whatever it may be, but he sees our hearts. And that is just, and again, the whole, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So I just, I found that a great way to frame kind of where we're headed with this and our explanation. Is there any other further comments you wanted to make on that passage? No, not on that one. I think you're right on. It's when, and I think that's been the conviction again that we felt very recently is, you know, mm-hmm. as as the finances get a little tighter. And so it is a matter of if it's when. And so we, when do we shop? When do we do these things? <laughs> yeah. it's a, and it, so we're helping the needy uh, every time we have a resource that God has entrusted to us and we're sharing it with others. So yeah, there's a practical, practical application. The other thing is, is that we are part of community. We've talked a lot about that. Mm. We are a brother's keeper in the sense that, you know, uh, we are to look out for one another and not to go too far off track here, but when we think nationalistically, that's a word or Steveism at this point, but when you think of that uh, from a broad landscape, a broad portrait of who we are versus, because um, it feels like it's too big to even be a part of or participate in, versus actually God has really called us community and like knowing our neighbor mm-hmm. and um, knowing one another and knowing what's going on in our local community and thing along those things along those lines so that we know those who are truly in need or not. And that's one of the problems with what has occurred, I think, over the last number of years is that there is um, uh, disproportionately, like we're not, we're not connected with one another anymore very well. And so we don't mm-hmm. know the character of people that are going through certain things. We don't know what they're going through. And so there's a temptation just to throw money at a situation versus uh, really encouraging somebody to rise and that we're using our resources to help them rise as individuals. And so I think when you say uh, God's after our hearts, absolutely. He's after our hearts and he's also after the heart of the person on the mm-hmm. other receiving end. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to bridge the financial gift or the item or whatever it is to the gospel, I think is really important. If, even if it's not spoken, but it's seen and experienced. And at some point it needs to be spoken, but it has to be earned as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that Jesus is, is basically implanting within us to see people, not projects. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that a lot to see people um, and we're people and they're people. And uh, there will probably come a time when we need help as well, mm-hmm. you know, and so to be there for one another. Uh, so we have to be in community for that to really be the most effective, I think. So that, just my two cents. Yeah. And that. I think uh, you said people, not projects. And even to take that a step further, specifically within the context of buy to give one, like it's people, not programs. Absolutely. You know, like we are trying to implement habits and rhythms and disciplines that shape and form us into the type of people that God is calling us to be. Yes. And that is primarily people that see people, see souls, see, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Do you mind if I jump to first Timothy? Or Go it, for it. Okay. First Timothy chapter six, uh, verses 17 through 18, just a couple verses here. Um, this is right after fight the good fight, take hold of eternal life. Then in 17, he says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good 
to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, mm. the storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Um, and I think this is I know this little passage here is um, pretty <laughs> convicting, I think. Mm. And then he goes on to the spiritual part, which I didn't plan on getting into, but, O oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you, that which God has given you, right? Specifically his spiritual gifts and the gospel, uh, but also his resources, um, and so I think it's important that we uh, keep that in mind as well, uh, that ultimately Timothy's goal in even sharing this, or Paul's goal with sharing it to Timothy is to remind him that the most important thing is the gospel, but also, you know, we need to warn one another. Like if God has entrusted a resource to us, specifically finances or whatever, uh, we're to be used it for his glory and others good, not storing up treasure for ourselves, um, but we're to share uh, open with open hands uh, and open minds open hearts rather specifically uh, to give hope to other people in the midst of what they're going through. So I want to just kind of touch base on that one. Is there anything in there that jumps out to you uh, in this section? I think just the, to be generous and ready to share. Yeah. That's what jumped out to me as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just hits me between the eyes a little bit. It's, um, it's, you know, I, I think of, uh, it brought up in Romans when he says practice hospitality. Right. You know, it's like there's hospitality of opening your home and, you know, it, like planning to have someone over and love them and make them a meal, all those things. But he's saying be ready to share. It's almost like a posture of your heart. Like That's what I was thinking we are exactly. To, yeah, yeah, like we're to become hospitable people as much as we are on the sidewalk, as we are in our own home, as we are in the grocery store, you know, whatever it is that we are and it's all pointing back to becoming people who love our neighbors well, but that's just what stood out to me. It's like, it's a posture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. I know of a, a young man, uh, he's not going to know who I'm talking about, but this young man works in a, um, a city not too far from here at OCC and it's a struggling city. And as he was driving by, he saw uh, a woman who was mowing her yard and it was an elderly woman and she was push mowing her yard and was sweating and, you know, looking pretty worn out. And mm. so the individual pulled over and uh, doesn't know the person is like, Hey, can I finish mowing your yard mm. and ends up mowing the yard and was wearing, um, the shirt from whence they work, uh, which gave them opportunity also just to kind of like share that they're, they were driving to community and wanted to, to love the individual, which is, mm. so it's that, that, that posture is exactly it of, of like, are we seeing people and their needs or, mm-hmm. or, do we write them off, you know, without even considering that they're made in God's image as well? And it mm-hmm. may be tainted. We're all tainted and distorted in God's image. Uh, but do we just see, do we see people? Like, do we honestly see people and what mm-hmm. they're going through and what they need um, beyond the specific thing right in front of you, which definitely needs to be taken care of, but also kind of how they got there, what's going through mm-hmm. their mind and hearts. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thoughts? Nothing. Anything else from that passage for you? Not for me. Okay. I was going to jump to First John, if let's I go, may. Let's go for it. Okay. First John three seventeen. I'm going to back up to sixteen. Make sure that I've got the right passage here. Um, by this we know love that He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Obviously, specifically talking about the body of Christ here. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. 
Uh, so another super convicting passage that I probably need to put on a postcard, stick on my dashboard of my vehicle, and remind myself of the fact that the very thing that I'm driving even is a gift of God that he's given me. Um, so I can't close my heart against my brother that I see in need. Um, so just, again, opening your heart up to what God is calling you uh, to do and to be in that moment. And I think that posture and heart is really important um, when when we consider what others are going through. So, Yeah. Absolutely. And it, I just, verse 17, but if anyone has the world's goods, yeah. if you, <laughs> who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. You at least have something. Yeah. And you see your brother in need yet closes his heart against him. How does God's love abide in him? I think of James, if you know the right thing to right. do and fail to do it, it's sin. sin unto us. Yeah, yeah. Unto us. Exactly. And, um, man, like we, we have a portion of the world's goods and that portion varies and it's not about how much we give, but if we see need and meet it yes. to the degree that we can. Right. Um, and even verse 18, little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. I feel like that, that one for me needs to be plastered somewhere because it is very easy to love in word and talk, but to actually do the things that we need to do. I think that's where we get hung up. I think that's where, intentions don't become reality you know dallas willard is the one who said the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions mm -hmm. like we in, we intend to do a lot of good but we never do it and it's like you got we got to do it <laughs> we got to do it i got to do it all and why he goes back to uh, jesus laid his life down for us jesus just didn't intend to save us he came and accomplished our salvation and now we're called to go and do the same things um and i just not in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Yeah, and I think the the reality is it's sacrifice. I mean, mm -hmm. literally, as they're the opening scripture, there are part of that portion of scripture is talking about with Jesus, right? It's sacrifice is going to cost you mm -hmm. something. It isn't done in comfort; it's discomfort, um, especially for an introvert. It's hard for us, you know. Do you to, know what that's like? No, not at all. You know, <laughs> but it's hard for us to like do that, and so it is. It is not comfortable, and I think that especially as Americans, we have the desire to be really, really comfortable, mm -hmm. you know. And and so God calls us out of comfort for our good as well, not just the person on the receiving end. Uh, to give them comfort, ironically, you're going to give them what you already have is what's happening. You're transferring comfort. You know, mm -hmm. you're helping their life rise and uh, become more comfort, but they they need you uh, to be uncomfortable for a bit for that to occur. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is the call of sacrifice. And I think that even the concept of sacrifice, we won't get into that, but it's kind of like it's let's just say that it's not as um, tangible mm -hmm. as it has been maybe in the past. And mm -hmm. so we need to get back to uh, sure. that kind of thinking. But uh, some other scriptures you have. Uh, kind of picked out or thought through here. Yeah, we had uh, Psalm 112 as well. So if you want to flip over to there. Psalm 112, and in uh, verse 1, it starts out, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord and what uh, who greatly delights in his commandments. And what follows after that is um, what his life looks like, what, it, what the man who fears the Lord, what his life looks like, what flows out of his life, uh, the righteous man, what, what happens. Um, it says, wealth and riches, uh, picking it up in verse 3, wealth and riches are in his house if you have the world's goods, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. And here, verse 5, it is well with the man. 
who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affair with just his affairs with justice. Uh, it is well with him who deals generously. Why? And that's a, uh, we didn't go here, but it's Acts twenty thirty five when Paul says, as our Lord says, it is uh, more blessed to give than to receive. Mm-hmm. It's well with the man who deals uh, generously. And we actually covered, I believe it's Proverbs 11, one of the four and twenty five. Yep. Yeah, the yep. one who waters himself will be watered. Like there's this no, reciprocal. No. Oh, was that a different one? Maybe, but gotcha. that's okay. Go I think we quoted that recently in a podcast. Like there's this reciprocal yeah. relationship between uh, how I love others and or how I water them or how I meet the need and uh, how God ministers to me. Or like you said, someday when we're all all of us will experience being in need, and what you've sowed into a relationship is being given back to you. So it is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. And uh, before I read this next section, just have in your mind uh, Jesus' teachings on uh, the connection between worry and money and some of the stuff we already mentioned with, you know, buy to give one as a rhythm of life and then uh, the cost of goods rising, inflation. And so it's a little bit more... We're a little, we, we may feel the hesitancy uh, to participate because, well, if I, maybe it's harder for me to um, buy my goods. So it, it's hard. If, if I'm struggling to buy my own goods, it's a struggle to maybe buy and give to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So here's verse seven. Again, keep in mind Jesus' teachings with worry and money. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. And then verse 9, he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. So this relationship between trusting in the Lord and giving, that like I'm trusting him to provide what I need. Um, And out of the overflow of what he has given, out of whatever portion of the world's goods I have, uh, distributing it, being ready to give, being ready to share, being ready to be a hospitable person and meet needs. So those are just a few of the thoughts I had on Psalm 112. Yeah. And I want to clarify, you were correct in Proverbs 11. Sorry, I was not. Great. Okay. So oh, you were good. on it. 24 says one gives freely. It grows all the richer and another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. <laughs> a little convicting, right? Yeah. Uh, whoever blink, uh, brings blessings will be enriched and the one who waters will himself be mm. waters. You were correct. It was Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. So um, history says that I can misquote. Things, <laughs> so, and I shouldn't have called you out so quickly on that. No, I apologize. I like it. Um, so, no, yeah, I think, and you know, as I'm reading this and, and thinking about it, the thing that continues to go through my mind is kind of what we read uh, earlier. Sorry, I was away from the mic there, but um, was the fact that this is actually representative of the gospel hmm. over and over again. I mean, we were poor, right? Hmm. Uh, we were destitute. We were in want, and yet the Lord uh, poured the blessing of salvation upon us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have received greatly from his discomfort. I mean, heaven to earth is not comfortable mm-hmm. at all, you know, and take on uh, human flesh and to live and, and observe and be with us. Um, and yet he did so, so that we could um, be rich in salvation and in hope. So like, it just keeps rolling back to that, I guess, for me, is like, what, what's the motive of all this? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the motive of buy to give one? What is the motive of having a posture of seeing other people in need and fulfilling that need as we have means to do so? Like, what's the reason for all this? And um, the reason is because God so loved the world, Mm -hmm. you know, that he gave him. So I I think that as we're reading this, 
this isn't a matter of like a checkoff list. We talk about this frequently, mm-hmm. right? Even with spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines, it's not a matter of checkoff list. It's a matter of, of uh, connecting with God and others um, mm-hmm. in such a way that God is already connected with us. We yeah. only offer what we have gotten. And so uh, if I've freely received God's gift of salvation and hope, now I can offer that same thing. Um, And so I think giving this way is a specific representation of our deep understanding of what has occurred Mm -hmm. with us and God. Um, And so just to keep, that just keeps rolling around in my, in my mind, because I think it's, there's a large temptation to, to make this something we do Hmm. and not who we are. I think there's a large, mm-hmm. at least for me, I'll speak for myself. Like there's a temptation to uh, be like, okay, I, I did the X, Y, Z, you know, so Lord should be happy. People should be happy and I can move on. That isn't it at all. God, God's after a heart that is bent towards uh, brokenness mm-hmm. of others mm-hmm. and the, and, and understand that we have some of the means in order to meet that immediate physical need. And then ultimately to make a connection, a relationship that cares, like truly cares for somebody and then is uh, free to offer something beyond that, that being the gospel of hope uh, that can bring peace to someone's soul and mind. So uh, was there any other scriptures you want to look at uh, as we finish this up? No, I don't think so. Okay. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I agree. The temptation is to make it something we do and not who we are. And I think that stems partly from the world tells us to accomplish and accumulate. Yes. And store up for ourselves. Yeah. And when you're bored, buy something else. Yeah. 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 Just accomplish, accumulate, whether that's wealth, material goods, material possessions, whatever it may be. The kingdom is live generously. Yes. Give away. Give to the poor. You know, Jesus gets asked that question, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He says, sell all your possessions, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. That's a paraphrase, but that's... That's the kingdom. That's yes. the ethics of the kingdom. We live trusting that God will provide for our every need and everything that he gives us has been entrusted to us for a purpose, uh, yes. both to uh, be able to live for our own selves, to provide for our families, but also to provide for those who are in need. So, yeah. Just, if you the, if you want to love your kids well, should, like live this. Mm, yeah. Like live this in front of them. They're watching. Yeah, they are, absolutely Always. are. Absolutely are. You want to make an impact in your child's life, live this with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, well, we appreciate you listening, and uh, we are grateful uh, to be partnering with OCC with several organizations, Domestic Abuse um, and Violence Shelter. We're trying to provide help, flip-flops and other things for them. Um, and we Harmony House, uh, just some of our neighbors. And I don't say any of that to boast. It's just more along the line of there are needs all around us. Mm-hmm. And so to be aware of what's happening – And I can't, I as an individual cannot fulfill all the needs, but I can help one person. Right. And so if whoever God puts in front of me or an organization or whatever it is, a need, that's what he's calling me to invest in. And I think sometimes we become so overwhelmed by all the needs and all the, I mean, if you're on Facebook, everybody's asking for money, you know, Mm -hmm. for their birthdays. And it's like, well, this organization, that organization, like there's always a need in front of us. And we can become so overwhelmed that we just don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And instead, what we should do is understand that God has actually called us to love our neighbor. And so whoever it is that is in front of us, that God says, this is who I need you to love right now. Mm -hmm. Love them. Don't get so caught up in the big picture 
but focus in on what's right in front of us. So that's kind of my closing thought, I guess, as we kind of wrap this up. We thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to, Lord willing, joining you next week. (laughs) God bless. Thanks for listening to the Seek First podcast with Steve and Jordan. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us, as well as any topics you would like us to consider in the weeks to come. We encourage you to continue to seek first the kingdom of God where you work, live, and play. Blessings. Blessings.